Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, China FUD turns out to be just that, China FUD. The SEC, they're not going to tackle cryptocurrency, not quite yet. And we catch up with Lisk. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, June 14th, 2021. I want your opinion. I sent on a tweet the other day that said, I'm a blockchain advocate trying to go to Washington. And the Bitcoin maxis, well, they piled on. They said it's Bitcoin or nothing. And I disagree with that. I understand the power of Bitcoin. I understand the white paper. I understand what Bitcoin represents. But to say that there's only Bitcoin kind of disregards like everything else that's being built in the space the ideas the people the projects like look at ethereum look at DeFi, look at nfts to say that that is just scams or frauds or i just don't buy it i don't buy it and i want to make sure to advocate for anyone that's trying to use this technology to use these ideas to create new projects new products and put them out in the space trying to put them out in the world trying to put them out in the economy what do you guys think do you think it's Bitcoin or nothing? Obviously, if you're listening to this show, you're probably not a Bitcoin maximalist. I'm a Bitcoin advocate, but I'm not a maximalist. I'm an advocate for innovation, new tech, and companies and people going out there to try new things. What do you think? Send me an email, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. Let me know what you think about Bitcoin maximalists. Now, to those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in at $40,934, up 14.3% in 24. And this is the first time it's been over $40,000 in two weeks. Look, these kind of fluctuations are normal in the crypto space. When the bottom of the crypto market falls out, you will know it. That definitely wasn't it. But when it is it, it's going to be brutal. But I think we're still going up from here. Obviously, this is not financial advice. This probably has something to do with our good buddy Elon, who tweeted... When there's confirmation of reasonable 50% clean energy uses by miners with positive future trend, Tesla will resume allowing Bitcoin transactions. He said this yesterday, June 13th, at 1.42 p.m. He also wanted to confirm that Tesla only sold 10% of his holdings, and they still huddle Bitcoin. He also wanted to let everybody know that the rest of his Bitcoin could be liquidated without even feeling a bump in the market. Moving on to the number two spot, we have Ethereum at $2,573 up 10% in 24. Tether's in the number 3 spot, Binance Coin is at 375, up 12.7%, and Cardano's in the number 5 spot at $1.58, up 11.5%. Running off the top 10, we have Doge, XRP, USDC, Polkadot, and Uniswap. Total market cap, we're at $1.73 trillion, and a BTC dominance of 44%. Moving into our first conversation today, we're talking to Max Cordet, the CEO of Lisk, and he's going to give us a project update. Enjoy. Hey, Matt. I'm doing great. Thank you for hosting me here today. I want an update on Lisk. I haven't spoke to you for a couple of years. Lisk is an oldie but goodie. And I want to know what the development has been going on in since, like I guess, 2019. I mean, since 2019, 
so much happened, I have to say. Um, we are like continuously ramping up, uh, up our development efforts, research efforts, marketing efforts. So in contrast to when we last talked, really like we're different LISC, I would say. Oh, yeah. And how, how is LISC different than it was, I say? Let's just maybe go back to 2019. Let's just go from maybe last year. Yeah. Um, let me start with 2019. So 2019, we had another LISC.js version. And there we were just revealing major protocol improvements, um, basically across the board of our protocol, um, a new address system, a new fee system, a new consensus algorithm, and so many other changes. And well, today I'm uh, quite happy that we have implemented all of those. We have uh, successfully um, security audited all the changes. We have QA'd them, and we're like so close before launching them onto the testnet. We just recently released the last beta version of our new wallet. Um, so we are now basically in the last preparations of preparing all these major protocol improvements for the testnet and then shortly after for the mainnet. And that's what we did essentially on the development side. While on the research side, um, we were then using these one and a half years to research blockchain interoperability, which we just revealed then at the last ListJS 2021. And so what's the future goal of LISC? Like when everything is said and done, what is LISC going to uh, accomplish? Yes. So, well, we're still in the building phase. So I just said we worked on all these protocol improvements and they're all implemented now. And we just like revealed or published our research on blockchain interoperability. So that's now the next steps for development to um, well implement that. And that's the last building block for our platform, which is then becoming a blockchain application platform. So if you're a developer, you can use the LISC SDK to build your own blockchain application and then, well, spin up the blockchain um, and launch it. And with the blockchain interoperability protocol, we just researched and now implementing, um, you can hook it up then to the LISC blockchain and be part of our ecosystem. So only once interoperability is fully implemented and launched onto our platform, we actually only then become a blockchain application platform and are out of the building phase. And um, well, yeah, then every single JavaScript developer in the world can use our tools to build their own blockchain use case quite fast, I would say, um, in order to bring innovation to the space. You know, there's a lot of different companies or, or um, projects talking about interoperability. Um, and it's kind of hard to weed out or kind of figure out where each one either fits in the, I would say their product offering in the space, since we're all talking about interoperability, cross-chain transactions, stuff like that, uh, working with each other. How is LISC going to be different than say all these other competitors? Yeah, so I think all our competitors also still finding or trying to find a USP. Um, at the end of the day, interoperability is something each or every platform has to offer. And um, with platform, I mean more like blockchain platform, uh, platforms like Ethereum, Polkadot, Cosmos, or Lisp, which offer the tools for developers to build dApps or blockchain applications. And there, I think it will be the norm that each of these platforms are connected through one or multiple interoperability protocols. But of course, each of these platforms, again, are working on their own interoperability protocols. So I guess there will be just multiple solutions, like, for example, um, we could be connected with our solution to the Polkadot ecosystem, uh, ecosystem, but then on the Polkadot ecosystem, someone's building a similar interoperability protocol, but connect LISC to there. So there are just multiple solutions then available on the market. And it's not so much about which solution has 
better unique properties. I, I would say it's more about which solution will be the most accessible for the user in order to um, well become the most popular choice. Um, going forward, I think, well, you don't want to have these isolated ecosystems anymore. The Polkadot community or the, the Ethereum community all hating on each other. You really want that they're like, like working together and the users are just using these apps on these different platforms seamlessly without even worrying on which platform they're currently operating on. Would this be a good analogy real quick? Because I'm trying to make this digestible for the average listener, right? Would it be like, Everybody's connected to the internet, but how do you want to build your website? Are you going to use Wix? Are you going to use WordPress? Which one is the best for you? Which one you, it works best for what you want to do? And then you use that and then you still connect to the internet and you put your web website on the internet. Would that be a good analogy or no? I think you cannot make like comparisons one-to-one -to, -one to the internet. Um, if we're looking at the people using like website builders like Wix, then these are mostly like artists who have no clue, you know, how to do a website properly. If you're looking at the real, like, internet services, like Facebook, Twitter, and so on, they're not using website builders. They implemented everything themselves and actually needed to invent new stuff in order to let their apps scale so massively. Um, you could compare it, I would say, in terms of building a blockchain application with our SDK to these kind of website builders, but on a much higher level. Um, there, I think it's better to compare the Lisk SDK, for example, or the uh, or Substrate from Polkadot or the Cosmos SDK to um, existing frameworks, um, like, for example, Ruby on Rails or um, React, um, these kind of frameworks which help a developer to simplify their development. Um, but this comparison also doesn't hold completely. You could also compare it a little bit to the discussion of internet versus intranet. I guess if people build their own blockchains, they're kind of building their own intranet, but they want to be part of the bigger picture. So interoperability allows them to connect their intranet to the internet, essentially, um, and then benefit from all these synergies. So it's somehow these both comparisons are coming together that you have this framework or these software development kits helping you as a developer to build your own blockchain application. But then this is still an isolated blockchain or an isolated blockchain application. You want that the synergies exist to the existing ecosystem. So that's where interoperability then comes into play. Max Kordek, CEO of List, thanks for coming on and giving us a product update. Yeah, thank you so much. Moving on to today's headlines. The SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission, isn't too preoccupied with cryptocurrency at the moment. The agency released its regulatory agenda for the spring and summer on Friday. And crypto, well, it isn't on it. And this is despite the SEC chair's Gary Gensler's recent statements that consumers would benefit from regulation. Instead, the agency is going to look at SPACs, or special purpose acquisition companies. They're also going to look at short sale disclosures, money market reforms, gamification of trading platforms like Robinhood, and a host of other issues. The SEC's agenda is broken into three stages. Pre-rule, proposed rule, and then final rule. Crypto? isn't on it right now. So maybe you can hold your breath until fall. However, look between the lines. Money market reforms, Robinhood gamification, maybe crypto will be tackled within the lines of those other agenda items. The discussion of Dutch cryptocurrency legalization or regulation is being had as we speak. 
an op-ed published last Friday by the director of government-affiliated Bureau for Economic Policy Analysis called for a total ban on production, trading, and even possession of cryptocurrencies in the Netherlands. However, the Dutch finance minister said on Friday that banning cryptocurrencies wouldn't solve anything and continued to say on the Dutch channel, RTL, that a total ban would be less preferable to regulatory supervision. And finally, there was more China FUD. Everybody was saying over the weekend that China is going to Yunnan and banning all crypto mining. And that turned out to be false. Actually, the document that was being circulated around was a fraud. So what happened was, is that China is going to Yunnan, but they are going to inspect the mines because Yunnan, just like Sichuan, uses a lot of hydroelectric power. And China is trying to be carbon neutral as much as possible. And they're looking at cryptocurrencies and making sure that they are using responsible mining methods when it comes to what energy they use. Oh, and by the way, I didn't say this before. Sichuan and Yunnan are all provinces of China. So they're going to go expect the mines. They're going to see what kind of electricity they're using to mine with. And that inspection slash audit will be done by the end of the month, and then China will figure out how to move forward. So, no, Yunnan mines are not being shut down. They're getting expected to see what kind of energy they're using, and then China will figure out how to move forward. More than likely, if they're using hydroelectric power, they will stay open. FUD just keeps coming out of nowhere, and now we're making up FUD for FUD purposes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And don't forget DeemerForCongress.com. D-I-E-M-E-R for Congress.com. Link is in the show notes. I take cryptocurrency and U.S. dollars. Please donate to my campaign. Until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>